1: ED Yo
2: The gauntlet is starting I know you don't got to play all three all three teams coming up Sunday night but you, you play one at a time and the 49ers believe it or not ED they got the toughest remaining schedule of anybody in the you NFL have to right now I'll tell
3: you again the Niners <laughs> are the gauntlet stop it <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Niners of the Gauntlet. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. Big big show, big big show for you coming up here today. Um, this is episode twenty two for us. So nice, we had to do it twice. Ed and you know we're 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 gaining. We're we're up to about five listeners now, and, and the crowd wants more and. Um, pretty soon They're going to be Clamoring for The, the hidden tapes Of this podcast The, the lost episodes it. Of the Believe in 49ers podcast Well we, that
3: won't That won't happen Until we get to I think we got to get to 11 listeners 11 so listeners 11 Okay 11 Then we'll hit them With the best
2: of Then we'll hit them With the best stuff. Alright well yeah. we're, 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 we're getting We're about halfway there So ho- hopefully we get there Big show big show for you Coming up here today We'll have Kim Inman From the San Jose Mercury News He covers all things 49ers Of course You're a member of the faithful. You've probably read him once or twice or a million times in your life. And then also we'll head out to Green Bay to get the Packers perspective from Josh Moser, who is the sports director at Fox 11 out there in Green Bay and also the host of Inside the Huddle, which is a Packers themed uh, TV show out there. So he knows all things Packers. He'll catch us up on that. Um, So a lot to get into in this one. uh, But it's Niners and Packers. Jimmy G versus Aaron Rodgers what what type of mindset should Jimmy Garoppolo have coming into this game he's already played one high profile quarterback in in Russell Wilson earlier this season and you know kind of a mixed back there it ended up being the first loss of the season for the 49ers but he's going up against another top five quarterback uh in the NFL What, what should his mindset be going into Sunday night
3: my hope is that his mindset is the same that it's been going into every game this year. I hope that he has set a standard to where that the hype, as I tell you, it's man—it's made up. It's man-made. It's not real. Emotion's real. Hype is made up for the now. So if you're getting up for Russell Wilson, you're getting up for um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, what What if you don't have that same level of respect for the quarterback across the field? You're going to give me a bad day. So my hope is that he has the same mindset that he's had all year long. Why? That mindset has given them an opportunity to win nearly every game. Actually, it's given them an opportunity to win every game, and they've won nine out of ten. So that's where I want him to go. I'm I'm hoping that he just sticks to the script. You don't want to get in- involved with the ebb and flow of things, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I just want him. I hope. I hope that his prep has been no different this week than any other week. I hope that that the same jokes that he pulls, the, you know, the same weights that he lifts, the 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 time in the in the film room, studying everything. I hope that is exactly the same because if so the faithful will feel good because they really are on to something because his game shouldn't change based on the competition.
2: You, you said something earlier in the week, and you said he has a little Brett Favre in him. And do you think – I know we've, we've been somewhat critical of him and, you know, some of the throws that he makes. It seems like every game there's there's a throw or two, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? What did you see there? Do, do you think that – what we're seeing right now from him is in that gunslinger mentality is this is this early stages is this early development of Jimmy G or or is this just going to be him like is he just going to be that guy who who you know his interception numbers may just be up you know he, he may not have the best you know TD INT ratio and and he's just going to going to get out there and rip it and take his chances week in week out
3: well, you know, we were talking and I said I, I kind of looked at that and the more I watch him, I think that, that could just I'm, – I'm wondering and I'm going to now pay attention to it because it dawned on me like maybe this guy does have a little bit of that Brett Favre where he's going to take a chance. He just thinks that he can make every throw. He can fit it into any window regardless. Maybe that's just going to be a part of his makeup. It is a part of his makeup. So I'm going to watch it and see. Now, some of the mistakes, some of the throws that he's made – they will disappear simply because he's going to spend more time out there. He's going to get better at reading defenses. He's going to get better at understanding uh, what is happening to him. He, he's going to get better at knowing that uh, something has just changed on the fly. You, you know what I'm saying? The more reps he gets, so those things are going to happen. He's going to get better as as just time on the field. Every player gets better you're going to improve just by being on the field like every, you know everyone said that hey jimmy learned a lot while he watching tom brady yes but you don't improve as a player without playing so he's going to improve but that mindset of trying to fit it in if that's truly who he is he's going to throw those interceptions but without that mindset he won't throw the touchdowns either so i'm okay with it as long as he's higher on the touchdown you know if, if you're if you're three to one, four to one, four to two, and you're giving your team opportunities, taking advantage of the defensive turnovers, all those type things, yeah, then they'll be, he'll be okay.
2: How about Debo Samuel? He he he's emerged, and here's here's a stat that I found. Ed, I know you're not a big stat guy, I know you're not a big big numbers guy, but Debo Samuel back to back 100 yard uh, receiving games. If he's able to get past the century mark on Sunday against the Packers, it'll be the first time since 1995 that a Niners receiver has had three straight 100-yard receiving games. Last Niner to do that was your old pal Jerry Rice. Um, it, it, have they found something? Have they found something in Debo? Is he is he showing that he he can be be that guy? Well, let's see. I
3: mean, he's he's had two good games. And, and, you know, you say, I say I'm not a big stat guy. I mean, I don't talk about a lot of stats. I just try to explain the stats. And and those stats say that he's played well the last couple of games. He's taken advantage of his opportunities. Um, can he be that guy is based on can he continue to do it? That's, that's the only thing right now. It can can he consistently make those plays? If he can, he's that guy. And then that's what you want to see. I mean, he, he's had a couple of good games. I think – He can be that guy I think he's shown That he can make those plays The question is prepping mindset Same thing we just said about uh, Jimmy You go in And you understand that that's who you are That's your makeup And you play the game that way So that's what I want to see The the Niners need it They need someone to step up at that position uh, Beyond Sanders So let's just just hope that that's the case But if I had to... um, if I had to wager, I know you're not a betting man. Not
2: a betting, a betting man. Bet- I don't, like, I I don't like losing my money, Ed. Nobody loves.
3: Nobody likes losing
2: it. Oh, I, I know some 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 degenerates. Now, you, even be, even
3: people who are <laughs> even people who bet, they don't they don't bet to lose. Nobody likes losing it. But they go well, back. They go back. I don't understand it. They go back, the the, they go back. because they're trying to win, man. They never think they're going to lose, I man. You don't. You don't take a bet thinking you're going to lose it. It's like starting a race. Why start a race if you think you're going to lose? If you don't plan on winning, why run? But back to Debo. If I'm if I'm going to put some money on it, I'm going to put my money on the fact that he's going to continue to make plays. Now, getting 100 yards, that's hard. But can he make plays? Can, can, can he come down and, and make big plays and move the chains and get touchdowns and all those type things? Yes, yes. And he'll have his hundred yard games in there. So I don't I don't doubt that he's capable of doing it. Just like I said about Jimmy. Never have to doubt can someone do it when I've seen them do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know Devo can get a hundred yards. I know he can make tough catches. I know he can make big time plays when the team needs him to, because I've seen him do it. So yeah, I'm 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 with you on that one.
2: Well, we certainly hope he's in the lineup come Sunday night. I know we're, we're talking yeah, exactly. about him and and he was listed on the injury report. This week with a shoulder injury. He hurt that shoulder against the Cardinals, but didn't come out of the game. He stayed in the game. And so we, uh, we certainly hope he's been able to work through those things. Cam Inman going to uh, catch us up on all things injuries as it relates to this 49ers team uh, heading into Sunday night. If you're one of the faithful, I'm sure you've probably read his stuff throughout the years. He's a reporter for the Niners, for the San Jose Mercury News, and he joins us here today. Cam, thanks so much for joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm at I'm at Levi Stadium watching the field get prepped for a big game Sunday against the
2: Packers. Huge game Sunday. Now, before we get into the game per se, um, what's this team going to look like on Sunday from an injury standpoint? Or is it going to be kind of similar to what we saw last Sunday against the Cardinals? There's, there's like a, a a grocery list of names uh, on the injury report this week. Any any guys coming back? Who who's for sure out? What's the injury situation?
1: Yeah, you know, and I would think if, if the 49ers were, were um, a team that was a little bit more unstable and young, they'd be freaking out about all these injuries. But it seems like every week this season, they've overcome uh, an injury to a key person at a key spot. The, the whole next man up mentality that we hear so much about actually has is, is paid off through 10 games for them to be 9-1. So um, not much of a freak out uh, in terms of, whether they're going to have enough good bodies out there against the Packers. I think the guys that are going to be out there, they're very confident. Um, it's, just, it's a team where they know what they're doing and they're doing their jobs right. And I think more than anything in sports, you need some good breaks to go your way and you have to avoid bad luck. And so far that pretty much has been the case except for an overtime loss in Seattle. Yeah, uh, Cam, you've had an opportunity
3: to put your eyes on guys. And I keep getting asked the question, you know, is Kittle going to play and how is yeah. Brita? You've seen him Witherspoon, yep. her uh, Brita, Kittle. How, how do they look physically when you're right there standing next to them? Yeah.
1: You know, it's, it's something I can, it's a long list, but let's knock it out real quick. Kittle, the fact that he returned to practice this week, um, is a very positive sign. Um, and if, for some reason, they decide to hold him out this week, it's because it's a calculated move for the upcoming games against Baltimore and New Orleans uh, to give him one more week to heal. But I think he's playing. Um, you know, Debo, Samuel, and Emmanuel Sanders, you would wonder whether they're going to play through these injuries because, you know, one's a shoulder, which a receiver needs to go up to catch a ball, and one's a real, yes. which Samuel. But these guys, their mentality, these are tough guy receivers. These are not your prima donna... I'm not going to fight for the ball, guys. So I think they're playing through their injuries. I think they'll be on the field. Uh, Breida, I think, is going to be more of a calculated move to sit him this week, even though he looks fine. I I was walking behind him the other day on the practice field, and I was looking at his ankles. He he looks fine. But when you have three other healthy backs, um, and and you can stash him rather than go with the four running back Mount Rushmore approach, Uh, I like the fact that you can hold him out for one more week. Um, Joe Staley, I don't think he's playing because of his uh, finger surgery. I think they want to keep him out a couple games. And then Witherspoon is an interesting one. And Eric, you can speak on that because he was playing really well the first two two or three games. And he gained a lot of equity in those starts. And then Emmanuel Mosley got his first track, really, as an NFL cornerback. Uh, he showed a lot, just in terms of he was aggressive. He's got that mentality where he's not afraid to back down to anybody. He did not give up any big plays. He gave up some receptions here and there, but it's nothing where you said you got to get him off the field. So he doesn't need to get off the field. Does Witherspoon have to get back on the field? It's an interesting dilemma of what they're going to do. Um, I think they may want to get Witherspoon out there um, because Rogers is going to test either one of them. Um, so. Either way, I think we're fine. It's, that's kind of the more fascinating, I think, uh, predicament to watch in terms of what position is is uh, more at risk here against Rodgers and the Packers.
3: Yeah, and you know what I think? In that situation, yeah. uh, you, you're right. Witherspoon did earn that equity. And, and Cam, this is what I would do. If I, if I were the DB coach, I'd go up and I would literally tell Kyle, Kyle, this is what I think. Let's put Witherspoon back out. If he's healthy – Put him on the field. Reason being, we know that E-Man has shown us he can play. Let's get Witherspoon out there. He was the starter. It's easy to tell E-Man that, look, we're going to give him his job back because he lost it to injury, not to play. So now you have two guys that understand the positions that they're in and they're willing to play and get the job done, and you don't mess with a a young player's head. That's the way I would do.
1: Even Sherman was saying that a few weeks ago, going, look, well, when Winterson's helping you back in the start lineup. it's just you don't want to steal the starting spot from a guy that's kind of put in his time and shown, hey, he did well to earn it. You know, if he didn't play well those first couple games, then he doesn't need to get the spot back um, if, if Mosley was playing better than him. But, I mean, they're yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's his job. And when you go into the playoffs, they're going to be more, more, you know, it's going to be pressure packed. So I want a guy that's ready for it and,
2: uh, these, these next six games are going to be pressure packed. Cam Inman from San Jose Mercury News joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. You talk about the, these these next six games. Niners have the hardest remaining schedule of any team uh, in the NFL entering uh, week 12 here. Of course, it begins with the Packers on Sunday night. Um, How, how have... Over the season, how have you seen this team kind of handle this success, right? This is a complete 180 from what we saw last year, even even the previous year under Kyle Shanahan. Last year, of course, Jimmy G goes down. You know, Early in the year, they, they finished the year with, with just four wins. They're 9-1, one, number one seed in the NFC uh, entering this week. How, how have they kind of handled this success this year to be able to come out and, and continue to repeat it week after week and and now put themselves in a position to be playing some really big games here in November, December?
1: Yeah, it's, it, it is an interesting question because they've had so many losses the last two years, and then all of a sudden you get got to just win after win after win. And I, I've said for a while that it just, it seems like they've had the same demeanor, even when they were losing in terms of they're very confident in each other. Even when the times were going bad, there wasn't this feeling that, oh no, we're all going to lose our job. That that's been around the franchise for so long. Um, it was, all right, we're growing. We're going to, we're going to be in it together. And the fact that there's usually a different hero every week, um, it, it just seems it's like bond them even better. And, you know, they have this subtle swagger that's kind of emerging, especially on defense. I mean, when things go bad on offense, which happens in the NFL, it's not a doomsday scenario anymore. Now it's kind of like sweet, but we're gonna watch the defense again do their thing. And that is that is something I have not experienced around here. Um, in my twenty years. I mean you gotta go back to those, those days when Eric Davis was controlling the defense. <laughs> well
3: you, you know what you know one thing, man, that I'm looking at I know what you mean about this swag that's growing. I, a lot is being said about how the team is you know, being built and the draft picks are coming up. But uh, you, you talk about the losing that the team has done. you got a lot of guys that weren't a part of that. You go out and you get Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he's accustomed to winning. He wasn't playing, but he was winning. Um, for, for that matter, Bosa. Bosa, he was winning. D. Ford, he comes from winning. Sherm. He comes from winning. And then the guy that I thought that just helped the defense tremendously, that just brought all this juice, um, was another guy that uh, you not, I'm not going to – the winning might not have been a part of it, but a different philosophy Quan Alexander. Now, he's gone because I thought that was the heartbeat of, heartbeat of the defense, and I think that's a difficult thing to replace. Like I always say, you know, Steve, Steve Young, Joe Montana, those were the leaders of the team, but Ronnie Lott, and Tim McDonald, they were the heartbeat. They were the pulse when I played. That's what I think. Ron, who who
1: is that guy for them right now? Well, Kittle. I think uh, I think it's Kittle. And if you if you're talking about defense, well, you know they want to put a Forrest Buckner in there, but it's not. That's not Depot's nature. He's more of a uh, subtle guy. That's not going to be just too demonstrative. Sherman can be that guy if he needs to be he's made enough plays now he's got the three interceptions he's back getting the top of pro bowl voting so i mean it could be sherman but I, like you said it needs to be somebody in the middle and so fred warner you know he learned a lot under kwan this year he is a good-looking tandem. and it's a guy that he's really kind of been under the radar because he, Fred has not had any big signature plays i guess in his year and a half as a Niners' for the linebacker but he's taken on more of a vocal presence this year, and, and he kind of watched Quan and how uh, just the energy he needed to pick everybody up. And you see him after like after every practice, he's uh, stretched before they get after the team drills. Fred Warner's is the one with the primal scream, leading everybody together. Okay, so as much as Quan, you know, was seen by everybody as hey, this guy's got the energy, he's got the swagger, which is absolutely true. He kind of left it up to Fred to, to kind of rally those guys as a team bonding kind of source. Um, and it's a matter of if Fred makes some big-time plays, that's going to carry over more. I and mean, then Quan made, you know, he had an interception in Cincy, forced a fumble in Washington, which, you know, immediately gives him more credibility than just a new guy in the block with energy. Um, and then Dre Greenlaw, who replaces Quan, makes a heck of a play in the end zone to force overtime in Seattle. So... <clears throat> I guess the good thing is they have enough options. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, they can look around and figure out who they like to have them lead. It's kind of a – the beauty of it is they're not desperate for the leader. There's enough of them to go around.
2: That's, that's definitely good to hear. Cam Inman from the San Jose Mercury News joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Now, of course, Cam, we got to talk about Jimmy G. And it's it's interesting. The, the, the Two of the last three weeks, the Cardinals are, are basically like, I dare you to beat us right and he ended up doing it on on Halloween and and they came back and they doubled back last Sunday saying you know I I bet you can't do it again and although he labored he was able to get it done Um, a couple interceptions a few bad throws here and there but he finished with four touchdowns another career high uh, in yards how has how have you seen that tandem between Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo grow throughout the course of this season um, that has allowed him to continue to take you know these, these little baby steps week in and week out because this is a guy and eric eric and i talk about this all the time um you know he, he may have been he may have been in the league for a while but he doesn't really have that much experience like he barely has a, a full season worth of starts under his belt now um you know, as we enter week 12. now I, how is that relationship be, be begun to fester where you know he's beginning to make these 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 um good increments uh, so far throughout the course of this year
1: I think it's actually it's it's perfect because you know Jimmy has learned a lot. He's, all last year when he was hurt, he was able to learn in the film room, learn the offense better. So when he's on the field now, he just seems to recognize what's going on defensively a little bit better. Although there's usually the one or two throw lapses where you're looking, and going, who is he throwing to? Um, every that's week. Kind of, that'll come with, yeah, yeah. Every week. But you know what? There was a great stat this week that uh, Joshua of the AP found out that. After each drive after those 10 interceptions, I think Jimmy is 32 of 35 for like 345 yards. Wow. A couple of TDs and no picks. So the fact that he bounces back and Kyle him to run the offense better after it. And not only that, he's been able to really be under the radar through 10 games. You're 9-1 as a starting quarterback. This is 10 games into a knee rehab. And I think that flips people's minds as, this guy is coming out on a new knee. He did not play last year. He does not have much experience, but you don't see him really like afraid to run around or be mobile. Um, I, I I was really watching that the first half of the year, going, is he going to be skittish where he's not stepping in the throws like he was? I think in Kansas City in that exhibition game, or was it in Denver? Whichever one, I think it was Kansas City. was like, uh oh, this is not good. Um, he he showed no hindrance and. He just seems really confident, but he's not overconfident. He, his whole demeanor is I want to be like one of the guys. I'm a, I'm a former high school linebacker. I want to be treated as one. I don't want to be treated as the prima donna. I have to be the face of the franchise, but I can't be um, because I know that's part of the role. And um, the fact that you have six games to go in the regular season plus playoffs, I think Jimmy's going to emerge on the national stage. And Sunday and night's going to be a big one because, you know, Aaron's the one that has the spotlight, and Jimmy's kind of been in the background. Well, Jimmy can feel it. Hey, Cam, I've
3: said that this guy has a little bit of Brett Favre in him. Um, yeah, and, and and by that, not the athletic ability, the strong arm, you know, all those things. It's just the fact that he believes that he can make every throw, and he's going to throw interceptions. He may never be that 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 Russell Wilson, you know, twenty something touchdowns and two interception type guy. Because I think he's always going to have that throw where we say, what is he doing? Because he believes that his right arm can fit it into that window. Uh, What's
1: your thoughts on that? I do, but at the same time, I think there is doubt about some of the receivers. Um, I don't think he has any any problem throwing to George Kittle. I don't think he has any problem throwing to uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Ebo Samuel's gained that trust really fast the last couple weeks, which is great. And that's going to be a connection for years to come. After that, I think there's hesitation of, do I want to try to thread this into Bourne? Is he going to catch it? Yeah, okay, let's go for it. Is Do I want to try Dante Pettis again? Probably not. I mean, there's there's times where, you know, he's thrown at Pettis and it's a contested ball and the defense ends up to fit it and people start questioning Pettis. But then there's other times where Pettis gets open and makes a touchdown, like he did against Pittsburgh or he did against Arizona. Um I think Jimmy's Jimmy's a guy that you wanna you got to earn his trust. If you're not gonna be in the right spot, he's not gonna go at you. And so that's why this receiving core, you know, after those Monday night drops, that was a really big blow for them. And the way some of them bounced back against Arizona was really good. I like the fact that Richard James emerged, but he only had one target. So I mean, there's there, there's there's guys that Jimmy hasn't hit up yet, like even Selleck too. Um, where I know Jimmy trusts them and he can still use them coming down the stretch that defenses may not be uh, anticipating.
2: Last one for me, Cam. You mentioned Dante Pettis. He's been we refreshed. This is our first year doing this podcast, Eric and myself, and it seems like the name we've heard the most, even more than Jimmy G, um, from fans and you know 40, 49er fans has been Dante Pettis. Um, they they just want more from him. He's become polarizing in a sense. And after that Monday night game, Kyle Shanahan stood up at the podium, and I believe it was the Monday or Tuesday presser. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you were there though, and it seemed like it was a message sent to Dante Pettis yeah. in, in a sense that you know he, he basically challenged him and and told him, look, he's he's gotten opportunities. It's time for him to make these plays. We're where does he sit right now? Where does he stand right now when, when you look at the depth chart, when you look at even his future here with the San Francisco 49ers, him potentially bouncing back, or or is this something that may have kind of just run his course? And why do you think he's had the struggles that he's had?
1: Well, I don't think he's written off yet. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if Sam, if, if Debo and, and Sanders can't go, I don't think Kyle would hesitate to put Dante back in because he still believes in him. I mean, he's still a really young receiver. But he's got to pick his spot, and, you know, he has given Dante some opportunities. is After that overtime loss in Seattle, or against Seattle, okay, the second down throw in overtime, Dante comes across the middle, doesn't make the catch, it's a drop, everybody goes crazy. Well, guess what? He's not known to make the over-the-middle catches. So I don't know if that was the best play call to send us to Dante over the middle. Um, everybody's known that that is not his M.O. to make that kind of catch. Um, I, I know they want to bring it out of him, but it hasn't shown yet. So it's almost like, well, he's there; he's going to get there. We can't get up on him. Uh, he's not, he doesn't have a bad attitude in terms of talking trash, media, whining, and complaining about it. He's been around pro sports because his dad's been the Astros, and he's been in the you know kind of major league baseball for so long. So Dante knows it comes with the territory to get criticized if you're not you not you know taking advantage of your opportunities. But I think he still can.
3: I'm with you on that, Cam. I, 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 first of all, he, you're drafted in the second round. That right there lets me know you're yeah. not void of talent. And then it's all about finding out what a guy does best. That's what I say. I'm not writing Dante off either because I've seen him make plays. It's just a question of being consistent. Uh, hell, for that matter, Randy Moss is in the Hall of Fame, and you might not find 10 t- catches in his entire career across the middle. He didn't go across the middle. He just went down, he did everything outside the numbers and, and he was right. at it. So, you're capable of doing that. But Cam, uh, this game, Green Bay, toughest matchup that you see coming up?
1: Um, the toughest matchup I see. Well, here's two I'm going to give you because these haven't been talked about much. Um, with Staley not in, you're going to have Justin School play left tackle and he's been okay. Um playing about half the year there. He hasn't really gotten Jimmy killed or anything, so that's fair. But he's going to have Preston Smith and Darius Smith and the Packers coming at Jimmy. So he's got to hold his own there again. And yep. they got to, they, got to, they got to get the run game going, obviously. that means Not only Justin in school, but all those blockers, they need to get that going. And that's number one. The other thing I think nobody's talking about, okay, is, is, uh, is Shanahan. If everybody looks at it as Shanahan against, uh, or as 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 I all against his old buddy Matt Lafleur, right? They mm-hmm. guys in Central Michigan grad assistant. guess what? Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to get up against Mike Titan's defense. And yeah. Shanahan used to work for him in, in Cleveland. Uh, I think Kyle is going to know how Mike wants to call a defense, and I think Kyle can eviscerate that like no other offensive coordinator or offensive mind in the in the game. So <clears throat> it should be fun to watch.
2: Absolutely. Cam Inman from the San Jose Mercury News. Thanks so much for joining us, Cam. We appreciate you taking the time. Of course, Faithful, you you guys read his stuff uh, weekly, and and you can find him on Twitter, at Cam Inman. Definitely appreciate you taking the time. Have fun out there on on Sunday night.
1: Okay, thanks, guys, for having me. Have a great weekend. All right, good stuff, Cam. And he's good people,
2: too. He said something that... uh, Early on in that interview that I found extremely interesting um, from a strategic standpoint, he said Brita and Kittle potentially could be held out from a strategic standpoint uh, coming up this Sunday night against the Packers. Um, Interesting because I get it, right? You definitely want these guys to be fresh come January, February, like we talk about all the time. However, with the game being, you know, th- this big, this being a game in in which you know it's it's another uh, uh, another division leader and another team that you can possibly see later down the line, is that something that you want to that you want to risk per se? I I, I think I'm okay with Breida sitting out, but Kittle, uh, he's he's just so much to this offense. Um, I, I don't know. How, how do you see that?
3: If a guy is at If if a guy's at 50, 60, 70, you have to ask yourself, is this game and his injury the type to where he can regress? If so, how much better is he going to get with another week's rest? So if that 70 can go to 85 with another week, you set him. That's the strategy he's talking about. Brita, the ankle is, is, you know,
2: that ankle is It's been problematic.
3: You know what so you so. know what I'm saying? So if you've had this problematic ankle, you know, a 300-pound guy falling on it, we, he's a running back. Odds are that's going to happen. Do you think he needs to get closer? Because that may be one where you're like, we got to get him as close to 100% as we possibly can before we put him back out there it, when you have that recurring injury. Um, this, Debo with the shoulder. Is this you know what I'm saying? So every injury is different, and it depends on the player, the type player. If it's a recurring injury, if it's a one time thing, if it's something that you can power through, uh, because sometimes you're know, like a shoulder, it, it could just be pain tolerance. Nothing's torn, it's separated, something like that. You know, I, I play with third degree separation. You had to strap an arm down, couldn't even move it. It, it. it just hurts when you when you hit it. It hurts when you run. It hurts when you breathe but it's not going to prevent you from playing. So that's that's the thing that you have to think about. So I'm okay with that. What I found most interesting about his comment was, uh, you know, about his, his comments were the, the matchup. And I had forgotten about that myself. The the Mike uh, Patton and
2: Cat- Shanahan, Cat-
1: yeah.
3: You know, Shanahan uh, head-to-head. And, see, that goes both ways. Now, he, he's just assuming that Shanahan is going to just tear him up. Uh, because he understands Mike Petton what that, but again, that goes both ways. Yeah. Mike Patton also understands what Kyle wants to do. He understands how he likes to util- utilize talent. Uh, he may be the best equipped defensive coordinator to deal with what he's doing right now. So that's that. Right there is going to be an interesting chess match, uh, and and a lot of it, which which goes back to what I've always said about the quarterbacks going head to head. It it will. How this game is played out by the opposing team's offense will have a lot to do with it because if if the defense can shut down if the defense can shut down Aaron Rodgers, that's going to give Mike. I'm sorry, that's going to give Kyle so much more freedom to do everything he wants to do. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think the the Lafleur and Salah dynamic is 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 interesting as well. And you know those guys knowing each other, but also you look at Matt LaFleur and a lot of people see him as a McVay guy per se, right? Because he, he went to Tennessee after that stint with the Rams. And it was one of those, you know, one of those times where, you know, the, the big, the running joke was, you know, if you're, if you're a friend of Sean McVay, you know, you're going to, you're going to yeah. get opportunities, but really the, he, there are more similarities and more of of, of his, his, his pedigree comes from Kyle Shanahan, you know, um, and just in terms of his offense. So I, I think that'll be interesting uh, an interesting dynamic as well. Um, the Jimmy G thing was fascinating in the sense that the bounce back, right? And and we talked uh-huh. about how he battled against the Cardinals, um, and 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 he, he and and Cam brought up that interesting stat about you know if he throws an interception, he comes right back and he he has a great drive and his completion percentage is, is through the roof. Um, and then he brought up the knee as well, right? Could it be possible that we and, and when I say we, I mean I guess the. The faithful in general, right? Fans in general of the Niners, ha- have been too critical of Jimmy G. No, no, you have to understand,
3: dude. That that's what happens when you put on the colors. Let, let me. This is this is something that you know when you walk into that building, because when you walk into it, you're going to walk in and you're going to see that furniture. You're going to see those trophies. That's the standard. You play quarterback. For the San Francisco 49ers, you are not judged by the other quarterbacks in the league. The fan base, the faithful. They're judging you by Joe Montana. They're judging you by Steve Young. That's the standard. You play wide receiver. You're getting judged by Jerry Rice. You're getting judged by T.O. You're DB. It's Ronnie Locke. It's Jimmy jo- It's Jimmy Johnson. It, it's it's Hall of Famers. That's that's what you have to do you know that you 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 have to play at a pro bowl level you have to play at an all pro level you have to win championships the fans aren't being too hard on him they they expect the best and that's a part of the organization that's why the team will always bounce back you'll have bad years there'll be bad things that happen but they're always going to bounce back they're always going to fight to compete for championships no uh, unlike the unlike the um LA Rams you see them in LA. You see the posters <laughs> where guys are uh, NFC champions. NFC champions. You Second see the, place you banners? See on, you see on commercials, they talk about the NFC champions. They 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 promote them as the NFC champion LA Rams. That's a big ass. That's a big ass marquee saying that you lost. 49ers don't do that. Forty 49ers don't care about the ones that you lost. The faithful don't care about the ones that you lost. They appreciate the effort, but you're supposed to win. So I don't think if people have been too critical of Jimmy. You expect Jimmy to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league because he has to be because the Niners expect their quarterback to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's just the way it is, and that's just what you sign up for, and I don't care if it's not fair. Nobody tried to make it fair for me. They just told me, you got to put some furniture in this building. And until you do, you're just a guy. And what I tell you, you can always replace a guy, right?
2: Yeah, you can always replace a guy. Uh, We we told you it's a big show. um, And and still plenty more to get to here on on this jam-packed edition of the Believe in 49ers podcast. It'll be Jimmy G against Aaron Rodgers coming up Sunday night. Big game, Niners versus Packers. And let's get the the green bay side of things we're going to give a call to our buddy Josh Moser um who who works out in green bay works for Fox 11 out there and, and is the the host of Inside the Huddle the Packers show out there and so we're going to give Josh a call let's see how this works this is live radio here folks <laughs> Hello, this is Josh. Hey, Josh, what's going on? It's Rashawn. Hey, hey. Eric Davis. Eric Davis here, too, with you.
3: What's happening? What's happening? How you doing, Eric? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Good.
2: No doubt, man. Appreciate appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Josh Moser, uh, host of Inside the Huddle, sports director at Fox 11 out in Green Bay man he's a SoCal guy and and so it, it may be frigid it may be cold but every time he takes a step out there in Green Bay he brings a little bit of beach a little bit of sunshine appreciate you uh for joining us here today
0: of course man wish I were back there for that uh Chargers game in LA I think a lot of people like that one with Green Bay but uh yeah it's gonna be a special one Sunday night really looking forward to it
2: so you you're, you're you're you know all things Packers. You host the Inside the Huddle, uh, which which is a, a big show out there, and you, you got plenty of Packer greats with you week in and week out. Um, this team, this Packers team, it, it's it's a little weird to figure out. Like you look at the numbers, and you know they're not they're not necessarily great in any statistical category, and it doesn't seem like Aaron Rodgers is kind of putting up the numbers that he has before, but. What's the relationship been like? How has that relationship with him and, and Matt LaFleur kind of developed that has, lead, has led them to eight to wins so far at this point in the year?
0: Yeah, I think on the outside, Rashawn, you know, there were so many question marks about, you know, you've got a first-year head coach, just a couple of years older than Aaron, Aaron really had only had one coach as a starter, and that was Mike McCarthy, and he's so good at just being able to extend plays and using cadence at the line of scrimmage, and you know you wanted him to be Aaron Rodgers and in the beginning it was all of this you know they're gonna hate each other all of this unrest but it's really never been that way and really the biggest thing with Aaron Rodgers is you've got to earn his trust from being a media person to being a rookie on the roster to being on the coaching staff very cerebral he knows exactly what he wants and you know like any of us in anything that we do you know you want to put yourself in the best position to be successful and he knows how to do that and you know, people may think this is a little bit weird, but Devontae Adams, the team's top receiver, goes down with a turf toe injury, and misses four games. The Packers go 4-0 during that stretch, and it was such a good building experience for Matt Lafleur, to play caller and Aaron Rodgers because they had to figure out how to win, how to get everybody else involved. Obviously, the defense played a huge part in that, but it's really been great to see this team win in so many different ways, and I think Actually, you could view it as an advantage because you really don't know what they're going to do versus in years past under Mike McCarthy. Everybody had it figured out. They were doing the exact same thing. So now when you've got this scheme and you can actually try to scheme up other teams, it's going to be a huge help. Plus you add in the Aaron Rodgers factor and just his ability to read defenses, I think maybe as the best in the league right now. That's something they're really looking forward to. But this week, You know, of course, you've got Shanahan, who taught LaFleur a lot about football. So there's going to be a lot of similarities, and it's going to be very interesting.
3: You you know, I
0: agree with
3: you on the fact that I I believe the Packers have gotten better uh, because of the Devontae Adams injury. I I do, because you have to utilize other players. They have to step up. quarterback, offensive offensive, uh, play callers have to change what they do, similar to what happened with the 49ers. Uh, with the injuries, they've had to bring up guys that have been able to produce and get better, which only makes your team better because you find that, you, that you're deeper than you thought you were. Uh, uh, now, I want to flip this to the defensive side. Defensively, they started off high, <coughs> um, and then things have sort of um, taken a step back. Uh, is this defense, I, because I've told Rash, uh, Rashawn knows that I've already said that I think that this is going to come down to some turnovers, even though offense doesn't turn the ball over a lot there in Green Bay. I think this their turnovers are going to be the difference in this game. Uh, is this the type of defense? Do you see them having the pieces to be able to pick it up from where they are right now down the stretch?
0: That's the hope. And I think the biggest thing moving forward, maybe the biggest difference right now between the Packers and the 49ers and that is that they're really healthy and they're coming off a bye week. Normally at this time in the year, at least in years past, they've been trying to scrape together a team just because it was almost like the walking wounded. And luckily this team has been healthy to a point. They had a of free safety they used him as uh, almost as like a dime linebacker a little bit too early in the year raven greens on ir and that's when they were really really good and now they had darnell savage he's their first round pick finally getting back he had an ankle injury he's really grown so they need him to play well but really everything for the defense it starts with that pass rush and it's demarius zadarius smith and it's preston smith paid over 100 million dollars to bring these guys here and it's their job on third down to get that defense off the field and I mean, Eric. You know, this is being you know an all-pro corner. I mean, you've got to have guys on the back end, and, and they've got a first-round pick in Jair Alexander, who's one of the top 25 players under the age of 25, second I year, I like him Even to play well. Yeah, and he loves football. And we've got Kevin King on the other side. He's your 6'3", long guy, and, and unfortunately, you know, we've seen him get beat deep. And you know, he's got to he's got to play better. I think if he plays better, that's going to be a key on this defense, and then it all starts with. Blake Martinez, he's the quarterback. He's the inside linebacker. He's been dealing with a fractured hand, has been playing with a club the last four weeks. So he's been doing a lot of therapy. And I, I think he he told me, he's like, man, it's hard. You're just a step slower. And so hopefully the the cast will be off and he will be, be able to go full go here against the 49ers. And, and that's that's what they're looking like. But I mean, you know, you got to stop the run. And that's where this team has been gashed. And they've got to figure out a way to do that and if they can do that you know and make plays because you've said turnovers turnover differential plus minors possibly the, the most important stat in football when winning games that's gonna be the difference maker and uh we'll see if they can do that this Packers team hasn't fumbled though in four games it's like the longest stretch I want to say in more than 15 years that they haven't done that so they've been doing a really good job taking care of the ball and you know obviously you want to take it away more than you give it away so I think it'll come down to that Sunday night as well
2: Josh Moser, sports director, Fox 11, Green Bay, joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Josh, we just had Cam Inman on. He's a a reporter for the Niners for the San Jose Mercury News. And he, he talked about the relationship between Kyle Shanahan and, and Mike Pettin, you know, going back to their, their days in, in Cleveland. From from which you gather, how do you think Pettin is going to try to attack Shanahan's offense? Um, do you think it'll, it'll be similar to what we saw from the Cardinals the last couple of weeks where they they basically dared Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them um, and kind of just sold out against the run and said, you're not running. Jimmy's going to have to beat us with his arm or or, or do you suspect it to be a, a different router or a different approach?
0: I think it'll try to initially be the same. You know, if they get down early, then you might try to bring more pressures. But I mean, Green Bay really hasn't been blitzing all of that much. You know, they want to create pressure with three if not you know four guys up front max so that you can actually play coverage and and you want jimmy to to take advantage of those one-on-one opportunities they want him to make those types of throws and especially with the packers really struggling to stop the run no doubt that's going to be the emphasis but it's kind of these are always really fun games when you've got the coaching personnel you know they know each other so well so it's kind of becomes are you going to switch it up and try to throw a curveball at him or are you just going to say this is who I am this is what we do and we're just going to be better at it than what you are and I think it's more of that that latter mentality where this week in practice this sounds coach talk and cliche but they have been doing so much more on just fundamentals at this point yes they're coming off a of bye week but they're really spending a lot of time on those fundamentals and it sounds like they're going to put their guys in one-on-one situations and they're going to let Jimmy, throw it, and they're just expecting their guys to to win those one-on-one battles. You know, I've
3: seen them. I've watched them. I've studied the film. The 49ers' defense is real. Even when they give up things, they're real. You know, the mistakes they make are all correctable. Um, and short of having a running quarterback, it's difficult to move the ball on these guys and score. Uh, how do you – Aaron Rodgers, we all know, athletic can throw the ball on the run can throw the ball from anywhere do anything but he's not what you would call a running quarterback so how do you see Matt LaFleur uh, Matt LaFleur uh, attacking this
0: 49ers defense and and maintaining consistent success you want to get the ball to your playmaker and that's Devontae Adams you know obviously up front but You know, he's probably going to face a lot of double coverage in that back end has been so good in San Francisco. But really, I think what's been the most successful so far for the Packers has been trying to get a running back matched up against a linebacker in a passing situation. Aaron Jones is a playmaker out of the backfield, leading the NFL in touchdowns right now. And he's he's special. And it's trying to maneuver him and get him free in a desirable matchup. And that's where I think they really, really want to focus, but that's all set up off the run where they can get to play action and they can actually try to move some of those safeties up. That's when you're going to find, you know, the deep ball, but it's, they're really going to try to spread this around. They can't just say, Hey, you know, we're going to try to feed it to one guy. And really the position group that Matt LaFleur really is, in my opinion, is underutilized is the tight end. You've got Jimmy Graham, you're paying him. You know, eight figures here. He's got to produce, and you've got to put him in situations where you can get the ball in the middle of the field. And it's trying to find someone in games like this when you're on the road. You know your stars are going to be big, but you need that X factor. You need that one player that's a role guy that can come up and have a big game. And I I think that's really what this Packers team needs. But they've got to to just take what's given to them. They've got to just keep moving the ball, take the underneath throw, and they've got to try to establish the run both with Jamal Williams as well as Aaron Jones. But I think the key matchup will be trying to get one of those running backs out on the flank and make sure they're covered by a linebacker. That's where they've had the most success.
2: Josh Moser joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Josh, what what was the reaction following the, the loss to the Chargers earlier this year? What, what were some of the things that they took away from that, especially – as it relates to the offensive line because I I look at that game and then I look at this Niners defensive line and I I saw Big Bosa and Melvin Ingram really be able to get after Aaron Rodgers and and this this defensive line for the 49ers is incredibly deep and, and I see them being able to have similar success um what what did they learn from that experience that may be able to help them you know coming up here being able to face this and having having to face such a tough and deep defensive line that that this 49ers defense possesses
0: yeah I was just talking with David Bakhtiari about this actually yesterday and, and he says a lot of it has to do with focus I mean he was you all pro left tackle and he's had more penalties called on him this year than he has in any other season in his career and when you're in that environment I mean Levi Stadium yes it's outdoors, it still gets loud in there and Sunday night game that place is going to be And I I can't wait to see the atmosphere. But they've had so many mental mistakes on the offensive line, and they have to shore that up. I think Elton Jenkins, he's a rookie, was a second round pick. He has played very well. I I read Sun's stat. I think he's top five in the league in one on one situations and and blocking guys. And he's been a really good player coming in as a rookie. But it's the communication. You, You just can't have mental lapses. Brian Balaga he's been dealing with a hand issue where he really can't block and hopefully this bye week he really has been resting that hand so he said he's got more feeling so he should be closer to 100 percent and he's been was really good early in the year he struggled in a couple of the last few games but specifically with that chargers game it was it was more mental they said they didn't have any juice a lot of them you know we're living in green bay wisconsin this isn't los angeles and you kind of forget some of these guys you know you're, you're 22 to 27 you know and you get to la on a friday night and you know all the lights you know you got all the agents setting you up to parties i mean there are girls out there they don't they don't make them like that in green bay yes everybody made perfect but you know there were a lot of things behind the scenes that happened at that chargers game that you know there's a reason they're traveling to san francisco on a saturday instead of today and uh That's kind of the story behind the story, if you will.
3: Oh, God, I tried to explain that to Rashawn when he was trying to
0: tell me that some teams are just bad matchups. And he said,
3: well, the Bulls could never beat Toronto. I said, no, the Bulls could never beat Toronto.
0: Not the team. It was Toronto. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and we're sitting here throwing through all these analytics at you. No, I mean, that's what it was. (laughs) exactly now you know home field advantage
3: is a big thing when we're talking playoffs home field advantage is a big thing but it's not everything um but i do i remember playing a playoff game in green bay and it was 23 below and it made a difference
2: that makes no sense
3: my body shut down it shut down and um and it, it made a difference and i thought we had the better ball club now i'm getting to that because this is a game that Definitely could have, um, you know, home field ramifications the way it plays out, but some teams are built to win on the road. So looking at this squad, knowing what you know about them, talking to these guys and, you know, and and understanding the mental mindset, uh, you you, you know, the, the mindset of these players. Is this the type of club that is built to go on the road in the playoffs and win if they had to play the Niners, you know, in one of those games, they had to go to new Orleans Are are they built to be a
0: road playoff win type club? I think we will find out this Sunday, to be honest. I think that's probably the best measuring stick that they will have all season. The one road loss has been against San Diego. And as we explained, you know, we, we, we knew what happened there. And I think th- this is really going to be very telling. But, I mean, you played in Green Bay. There's a huge advantage for the Packers in teams traveling to Lambeau Field in December, January. And they know that if they can play at home, that's they think that is a significant, significant advantage it is. over other teams. And, you know, even if you take the stadium aspect out of it, And you go from, you know, hopping playing a Sunday afternoon game, you're hopping on a plane, you're trying to get your body right, then you're flying again the next week, especially traveling long distances. I mean, if you're looking at the NFC right now, you've got, you know, you're going to San Francisco, maybe you're going to New Orleans. Uh, You know, there's a lot of plane travel, and just that extra stress on the body is not something that you want to deal with, but this team's got to communicate on offense and that defense you know, has to step up and play better. You've got the pieces. You spent all the money there in the off season, And Sunday, I, I think we'll find out. But no doubt, Green Bay wants to be at home. And that's been the talk all week. Yes, the players are focused, you know, one game at a time, cliche. But they know exactly what is at stake this Sunday night.
2: Last thing for me, Josh, Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and this is kind of twofold, right? He's he's a, a NorCal guy, so he, he's returning home. And then you also go back to you know, the time where the Niners passed up on him in favor of Alex Smith uh, as the number one pick in the draft. Is, is this something that we make more of a deal of out here, or, or is this something that, that Rodgers continues to, to sort of carry with him?
0: He definitely carries it with him. I, I saw K-Pix was circulating the, uh, the quick little interview uh, with him asking about, you know, are, are you upset the 49ers didn't take you? And he's like, you know, I'm going to make him pay. Um, but look, I mean, he's had uh, what will be a Hall of Fame career. Alex Smith obviously dealing with that terrible injury from last season, but, you know, the way that it's worked out, Aaron has kind of come to terms, you know, it is what it is, you know, what's meant to be. But initially, was he upset? Yes. Will he always have a sting from it? Yes. But at the same time, he's been in the league for 15 years. He's played very well. He, He kind of feels and he's come to grips of sitting behind Brett Favre, finally now for you know a few seasons and i think as he's matured and has gotten older and spent more time in the league he has told us that you know he's passed it but no doubt he he's got a very good uh, recall on his memory and, and he certainly will never forget
2: josh moser sports director for fox 11 out in green bay also the host of inside the huddle look we we know we know you got a, a city to run out there in green bay and I, I know they want to get you back and you, you you spent uh more than enough time uh talking to the, the the san francisco 49er faithful fans but we do appreciate the time the king of green bay josh moser appreciate you taking the time but and, and and very very happy for you and all the success that you that you had uh you know coming from here and and going out there and doing your thing um and uh and really appreciate you taking the time
0: oh for sure anything for you guys enjoy that sunshine i might have to uh call you up for a job uh come february when it's uh negative 30 below and i can't those <laughs> oh
3: been there did that don't want any of it
0: yeah, yeah I'm, I'm jealous there's nothing like the beach in
2: southern california <laughs> nice appreciate it thank you josh
0: hey great Thanks, stuff guys. man glad you were here yeah i appreciate you guys
2: josh moser joining us here on the believing 49ers podcast ed Jam packed show, yep. man. That, that 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 was fun. I I I, I think uh, you know a couple couple things learned. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers not over, not being picked. Um, number one, I, I think that was huge. Um, but the communication issues on the offensive line, and so much about that unit is about communication and and them, you know, being on one accord, being on the same page. Um, that's going to be key for them. I mean, I I still like this Niners defensive line. I still think they'll be able to get to get after it. Um, you got a guy like uh, Demontre Moore who just came in, and as you said, you know, week in and week out, the standard is the standard. He's come in, he's kind of upheld that standard last week, and uh, I, I really I really like this matchup, the the D line versus the Packers O line. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, yeah, well definitely. Um, and, and when you start throwing in communication you're on the road it's going to be loud uh, because we see every week levi is starting to get it and they're getting louder and louder uh, you know that this the energy is going to be there all the juice will be there so that's going to aid in that uh communication uh, issue that they're having for that d-line then on top of that whether you know the snap count whether you have the calls or not you still have some monsters hunting. You have to deal with up front. So, yeah, that's going to be a great, that's going to be a great watch because every time the 49ers, if you look at the history of this matchup with the uh, green Bay Packers, every time the 49ers have had, you know, good luck against that team, have had good outings. It's been a- attacking the quarterback. It, it, that's a major part of it. You have, you, you have to make the quarterback uncomfortable and, and I know that's, that's cliché-ish, but it really holds true in this game. You've got to make Aaron Rodgers see a few ghosts. And I've seen them do it. I've seen defenses do it against them. I've seen the 49ers' defense do it. So having communication issues, the D-line being able to tack those guys up front, that could be a major, major plus uh, for the team. And, and I, yeah, I'll keep my eyes on that one, definitely.
2: Cam says Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel, Cam Inman, that is uh, from the San Jose Mercury News, who was on earlier, said that Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel probably going to play on Sunday, right? And and, and Josh tells us that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo could face some one on one coverage. Those receivers could face some one on one coverage. How how do you like these receivers against one on one coverage? And Jimmy G facing that?
3: Uh, well, uh, well, I like it. Uh, you look at the cornerback situation for Green Bay, just their secondary situation in general. I mean, they have some players uh, that I like. I'm not even, you know, I like Alexander. I actually like King. I know he's given up some things, but he's a young player. I mean, they they have very young corners. Um, but you know, Tremont Williams comes in for these guys. They ha- they have guys that are capable of making plays, but one on one coverage is difficult to play. Jimmy can be accurate with the ball in the pocket when he's protected it's just a question of just making the right read I think it's easier to make plays personally unless you have just high-end corners across the board because it's hard to do to cover a receiver man-to-man all day long it's very difficult to do um it's it's easier for a quarterback you know it, it because the reads are easier they're easier for the receivers they're easier for the for the uh, the quarterback to understand where the openings are and where the ball has to be placed so if you're going to do that with jimmy i think that's advantage i think that's advantage Garoppolo. as long as the line can hold up as long as you can keep the smith brothers from collapsing the pocket then they're going to be fine so i i do i believe that will be advantage jimmy Uh, because also remember Kyle likes to get the ball out of his hand quickly to the tight ends to the running backs in space it's not just going to be the wide receiver matchup you know Sean It won't just simply be that because Kyle is going to say hey you know what let's take this four yards and one missed tackle it can turn into something big
2: I forgot to give Josh's to have him have him give his uh his social media stuff but it's at the M-O-Z Knows, Knows with a Z, K-N-O-W-Z. That's on Instagram and on Twitter also, so make sure you hit him up. He's got all this this great – his his page is like a, a memorabilia page. It's just him and all these Packer greats, Donald Driver, James Jones, all these guys he's just taking uh, fancy photos with. Um, so make sure you, you guys uh, check him up if you guys want a little bit more inside scoop in terms of how Green Bay plans to – uh, attack uh, this, this 49ers team Coming up on Sunday or, or, just, or just to follow Josh He's a good guy um, Speaking of attack I think we attacked uh, th- This episode, ED With, with uh, a, a ferociousness Uh, A a competitiveness unknown to mankind dude i I, I think we got after it you sound
3: like you sound like
2: jim harbaugh i i i I really i really think we got after it um special thanks to uh to cam inman and and josh moser as well uh for joining us also a shout out to to matt and javi the the host of fourth and gold Podcast. Those guys had us on earlier in the week, and uh, we had yeah. a good time talking with those guys. Um, so, Absolutely, yeah. Make sure make sure you check them out as well. Um, and they're service man too. So I, pre- I didn't get a chance to tell them, but you know, thank thank them for their service as well. Um, this has been uh, it has been a pretty good week, pretty good week for us, pretty good episode for us as well. Um, final things, you know, going into this game on Sunday night, Ed. What, what are a couple things? It's going to boil down to you mentioned the turnovers. Um, what 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 other things do do you think could be extremely prevalent Sunday night?
3: Uh, well, you know what? After after looking at this, uh, I I who's on the field? Number one, just the personnel that's available. That's going to be an important one for me. I I, I want to see who because the game plan is going to change based on whether or not you have Kittle out there. You have you have Debo. Uh, uh, all, all of these things are going to change. So that's the first thing I'm going to want to look at, who's active. Now, once I know who's active, then it's going to be, I want to see who can take control of the game early. This is one of those games where the first five to seven minutes of every half, I think are huge because you can grab momentum. Both of these clubs are confident. They think that even with the injuries and the backups that they can win. So it's a question of trying to gain momentum and and then maintain it for the half. So I want to see who comes out early. Niners can't get a slow start in this game like they had last week.
2: So we certainly hope at the end of Sunday night it'll be pina colada time. Once again for the 10th time this season Uh, Shout out to 49ers Mike as well He's supposed to be going to the game this weekend um, And it's his birthday as well So birthday shout out to 49ers Mike This has been a fun one He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis I'm Rashawn Haylock This is the Believe in 49ers podcast On the Believe Podcast Network Enjoy Sunday night And of course we'll see you next week
3: Peace